0: Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage. Here with my co-host once again, Coach Manchy over in the Kimberly area. Coach, how are we doing?
1: Doing really good, Brian. It's great to see um, summer here and families taking some vacations, getting a little time away from their sport. You know, banquets all getting done and spring sports, and it's just awesome to see kids being very active and, and enjoying a little more time, not having to worry about that academic piece that they are used
0: to. Well, Dean. After we got off our last podcast, I, I made a comment. I want to make sure I do this here before uh, we get to our guests. It was just my parents' fifty-first wedding anniversary um, a couple of days ago, so I want to make give a big shout out to Jim and Zoe. I know they listen to the podcast. Fifty-one years of wedded bliss, as my my father would say. Um, so that's that's the shout out I want to give. Um, real cool to see a lot of the the strength and conditioning programs. Uh, getting started in the summer, lots of kids involved in that. Lots of kids obviously involved at our gyms with training and stuff like that. The summer is a great time, obviously athletes, to make sure that you're prioritizing, taking care of your bodies, right? Strength and conditioning is injury preventative first. So make sure that you're taking care of that, whether it's at a private gym, at your schools or a combination of both. The other thing too, make sure, please, if you're listening, share the show, Right, we don't run ads on the show, uh, anything like that. We go through word of mouth. So if you're a coach out there, and you have the opportunity to share it with one of your coaching colleagues, please do. Uh, we love it when our coaches share it with our athletes. I know we get a, a bunch of our athletes in, in Wanakee and I know in Kimberly are are, are watching the, and listening to the show as well. Dean, anything before we go with our guest here? We got a we got a we got a champion on, so we're excited about that.
1: Hey, let's rock and roll! It's our first uh, lacrosse um,
0: guest, so yep. we're super excited. Awesome. Well, we are overly excited. Uh, when this release, it's going to be about a week uh, from the state championship in women's lacrosse in the state of Wisconsin. We have the coach of Heartland Arrowhead, Sarah Tisher, of the state champion Arrowhead lacrosse, women's lacrosse team. Sarah, how are you? Big, big last couple of weeks for you here.
2: Yeah, thank you. Really excited to be on.
0: Uh, it was awesome. They got to play at Ashley Field in Sun Prairie. Ashley Field is newly renovated stadium in Sun Prairie, an incredible, absolutely incredible complex. So um, I I got to meet Sarah a few days before the game, which is exciting. And then to kind of follow the game and and see him hoist a trophy was really excited. So Sarah, tell our our guests a little bit about yourself and and whatnot, please.
2: Sure. Um, I have been coaching lacrosse now for about 15 years. Um, 10 years I've been at Arrowhead High School. So Um, I actually started I was a student at Arrowhead High School and got to start um, on the inaugural teams there for women's lacrosse. That's where I got involved with it. Um, Went on to play club in college because there weren't a ton of opportunities in the state of Wisconsin um, for kind of developing that high level lacrosse that sports and conditioning that went with it. So came back to Arrowhead to coach and kind of ran through running the JV programs up as an assistant with our varsity teams. And now this is my second year that I have been the head coach of the program.
1: Well, Sarah, first of all, congratulations on hoisting that trophy. And I know that's as every coach's dream to be able to end their season on a positive positive note. but let's talk one about, you know, what attracted you to the sport of lacrosse? Cause I know up in my area, in the Fox Valley, it's growing in popularity big time, especially with the use. And obviously, we know it's going to be a WIA sport next spring. So there's been a huge anticipation of that. A lot of kids interested in the sport of lacrosse. And then why did you get into coaching? And then why lacrosse? Obviously, you have, you've you played it. You've done it. But what, you know just to kind of talk about that and transpire, how did that all happen?
2: Yeah, so my family was a big sports family, grew up playing sports. I started with soccer when I was really little, Um, picked up field hockey as I got older and into high school, Um, and I was very, very competitive with both of those sports. Um, I was on a national travel team for field hockey and was looking to play in college, and it just got to a point with both of those that I was starting to feel that burnout when you put so much effort into that travel and start to get so sport specific that I had Lacrosse show up at Arrowhead. I was a junior in high school and thought why not try it? It was something different and immediately fell in love with the game. Um, it is a sport that you can just you can pick up. It's newer in the state of Wisconsin. It's not like you have to start when you are, A small child and be so involved in it all the way through in order to play at the high school level or even beyond. We've had a lot of our athletes who started playing their freshman year and are playing in college. So it was just such a fun, new, exciting, fast paced sport. It can be high scoring. Um, Our state championship game, it was 19 to 10. So it is entertaining to watch, it's entertaining to be a part of. And it was just like, I had a great coach. I, um, Connie Jarkson, she played at Yale and she was helping to develop it in our area. And I just fell in love with the sport and I couldn't get enough of it. So I was able to play club in college, was able to like help develop the club team that's there. That's now a D3 program at uw Lacrosse. And it just wasn't enough. Um, My background's also in teaching. So I taught for eight years. Now I'm lucky enough to stay home. I have a three-year-old. And so I have been able to immerse myself completely in the coaching world. But teaching and coaching for me always has gone hand in hand. It's, to me, at least the way that I approach it, it's the same thing. So um, my background's just been saturated in that. Um, and my love for the game has really driven where I'm at today.
1: So say if I'm a parent and, and I got a young child and they have an interest for lacrosse, how do I get my you know, is there organizations or federations or, you know, how can I get my kid involved in the sport of lacrosse?
2: Yeah. In Wisconsin, um, Mela is really the organization that runs our youth throughout the state. There's rec programs um, with, I mean, across the state with most areas Um, and in the youth level with rec, you can kind of play for different places. um, It's not as strict as like the high schools with the co-ops and things like that. So there are places to get involved. um, And Mela is a great way that drives that at the rec level. There's um, for Lacks has been a huge proponent of driving lacrosse in the state of Wisconsin, and they offer camps and clinics. A lot of the high school programs, like I know at Arrowhead, we have really worked to start to develop our relationship with our youth program so that it's really feeds into our high school. Um, But to allow kids to be exposed to it, learn to play days, um, more camps and clinics that I have my high school girls help us run. But there's, there's so many different ways to get involved at the youth level. But even if you can't get involved at the youth level or you feel like you missed the boat, these high school teams are a great resource to even get you involved at the high school level.
0: And I think too, with the the growth of the sport, like, you know, like a lot of some of the other sports that have grown, you know, the youth level is, you know, paramount to the sport continuing to grow. And so, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, you're going to have hopefully quality high school coaches like Sarah, but you also need people to help volunteer. I mean, just like little league baseball, just like, you know, youth basketball, you know, parents, if you have an opportunity, even to just be available, you know, for these young you know, young boys and girls to be able to play the sport, even if it's just being a referee or just, you know, being someone, I think, you know, youth sports are predicated on people, you know, sharing of their time, volunteering of their time. Um, And then also listening to the coach, you know, I mean, if you're in a youth program, you know, such as Arrowheads or, you know, some of the programs around here um, are really good. Listen to the head coach, the philosophy of the head coach, you know, so you can help, you know, speak the same language, you know, to the kids as they're learning. But I would agree, Sarah, like, you know, Want or, uh, you know, like Wanake and Verona are, are, you know, pretty, pretty popular lacrosse areas. And, you know, the athleticism it takes to take, to play the sport, you know, it's a combination of a lot of different sports all in one, right. You need to great hand-eye coordination. You need to be able to cut, you need to be able to move. Um, and so, you know, if you're looking for something to do, I mean, it's a great sport to go out for because it's also, like you said, it shares the thing that a lot of kids are drawn to in sports is can be very high scoring. And it's very exciting to watch. So, um, Sarah, from your perspective, right, we talked about that you did play multiple sports as a young athlete. How valuable is that for young females to be involved into a lot of different sports, you know, as they're growing up, not specializing right out of the get-go?
2: Yeah, I think it's so valuable. And I think That like we often look at it from like a physical standpoint where it's great to have different sports um, that you're playing for that element of the game. But I think it's also really important mentally for the girls. And that's something that I've seen a lot. The girls who specialize just in lacrosse um, or, you know, one sport specific that a lot of times they put so much more pressure on themselves to be successful in that sport because that's all that they do. And so we even saw like, for before our state championship, as we were kind of in the playoffs and building our way there, the girls are talking, some of them like, this is the most important game of my life. And we're like, no, this is a high school lacrosse game. Like we want you to have fun. We want you to like realize that this doesn't define you as a player. And a lot of times these kids that just only specialize it, it takes a mental toll. And like I talked about with myself, that burnout that comes with it and that aspect of it, that it's like, it's everything. When I think when you put kids in different sports and you give them the different opportunities to play with different kids and to see different coaches and to kind of experience sports in a much broader sense, it really, pays off for the kids who then do go on and play one sport at a high level. I think so much of that comes from being able to play different sports and getting those different experiences. Uh, and I think
0: too, yeah, I think too, for like the, the kids that do go on to play in college for one sport, right? And we've thought we talk about this a lot on our podcast is like, they're the ones that continue to grow in college, the kids that specialize, typically their skill level is starting to tap out because that's all they're doing but the kids that are playing multiple sports and, you know, could be multiple disciplines of sport, right. You have court sports, you know, even like I, you know, hockey kids, you know, stuff like that, wrestling, things that are a lot of different sports. Once they get into, you know, the college setting, if they're fortunate enough to do that, we know how hard that is. They really take off because now they can really start to focus and now it is specializing in that sport.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. The other thing too, Uh, To both of you, as we know, when young athletes specialize, their increase, you know, of getting an injury is is astronomical. So we talk about female athletes are, as we know, more susceptible to tear their ACL. And, you know, that's kind of one of those injuries no athlete wants to hear. So, Sarah, as a head coach, why do you feel training year-round in a quality performance program is so important for females?
2: Brian and I were actually talking about this um, last time we met, we have four different girls that um, are all like in the, what was just this freshman class. So the will be sophomores that pour ACLs right going into the beginning of the lacrosse season. Um, and it's just, it's such a hard thing for an athlete to go through again, not just physically, but emotionally and mentally going through that coming into a season and, and having to sit your first freshman season because of it. Uh, And I think historically what I've seen is that like the weight room hasn't always been the most um, friendly place or the most welcoming place for female athletes. And a lot of our girls, whether it's just the environment or whether it's that lack of knowledge of, of form and what to do and how to do it. They, they, if they do end up in the weight room, it's um, very limited in what they're doing. And so having a program like what Brian does, where these girls are coming in and they're working, they need just as much attention as male athletes. Um, They are working the same things as their counterparts when it comes to being elite athletes. And so it is so important. We put so much emphasis, not just on, out of season training, but in season training and continuing that all the way through to make sure that they are preventing injuries and that as they build all that strength, that they know what to do with it and that they're being safe out on the field with us.
0: Well, Dean, I think, you know, when Sarah and I did meet and, and you know, over the last couple of weeks with our consulting that we're doing with high schools, you know, we sit down, and we meet with the coaches and what's really refreshing to hear um, part of what we'll talk about here is refreshing to hear is that a lot of schools are understanding that they don't do specialized strength and conditioning workouts. Everybody's an athlete, right? They want to develop athletes where, you know, it's not a football specific program. It's an athletic development program, which is great. The downside and what Sarah and I talked about and what she kind of brought up here is look, if you're running groups in your weight room and you have three or four groups throughout the day, you better coach group one as hard as you coach group four. You know what I mean? Because, and at the end of the day, like the kids that are experienced, they're the easy ones to coach, right? They're technically, they're usually pretty good. Really sometimes, you know, like even for your guys, Dean, the ones that you got to probably coach the hardest are just more coaching on effort, making sure they keep the effort up. But for young kids, when they come in the weight room, like, like Sarah said, and Dean, you and I have talked about it, these kids have to feel comfortable. They have to feel like it's a safe place for them, whether you're a freshman boy or a senior girl. And so this is a message to all our coaches out there, First of all, thank you for volunteering your time because we know that, you know, you're you're not getting paid a lot to run your, your strength and conditioning program. We all understand that. But at the end of the day, if you step forward to do it, then you have to do it at the highest level you can. Make sure you're coaching everybody as, you know, equally. You know, we understand that most of them are sport coaches and you're going to have your kids, right? The kids that you coach that play on your team. You can't just coach those kids right? You have to coach everybody equally. And I think that to me is what I've seen is the biggest fault that we have in our schools right now is that it's not really the program design. It's just the level that people are coaching. It's uh, the comfortability of people coaching as well as the athletes going in there. And it's really the, the consistent intensity of the verbiage and the attention to detail from morning group to afternoon group. Because again, that, you know, Like anything, like when you run a camp, Sarah, you know, by the end of the day, if you run an all day camp, that's hard to coach the kids at the same intensity because you're out in the sun. If you're in the weight room, Dean, we know, you know, you guys are there 545. A lot of our schools are early morning and at noon, you look up and you're like, holy smokes, we got one more group to do. You got to find a way because that's what you signed up for to do that, to make sure that everybody gets coached at the same level um, based on the program that you have.
1: And two, Brian, as a strength conditioning coach and working with all different types of different sport coaches and athletes, I think it's so important to have coaches like Sarah, you know, the head coach, to be, make sure that they're involved in the program, and they're visible as much as possible, so that kids can get total buy-in. Because I noticed it's very difficult in my 28 years at the high school that when you train a specific group of athletes, particular in one sport and no coach in their program ever shows up in the off season or in the summer, it's difficult, it's a mixed message to the athletes. And I've seen the best programs, and you don't win championships if you don't do it correctly, the best programs will find someone and their staff to at least show up. They don't have to know it. We always say sport coaches fear what they don't know, and that's the weight room. The weight room person's the guru there. The sport coach is the guru in their area, but you got to work together and you got to be visible and you have to be there to show the kids that a consistency with the sport is so important. Consistency in the weight room is so important. And Sarah just mentioned how important that is to not only work out summer off season, but in season as well.
0: Yeah. I think that the training in season is is paramount, especially for the, Well, just for all athletes. I don't want to say just for the female athletes, it's for everybody. Like if you build a foundation of strength and then you go into the fall and you quit lifting, well, you put yourself at a higher risk of injury. And so just make sure you're coaching the kids hard, make sure that they're technically sound and that you're encouraging them. Like every kid doesn't like the weight room. Like, and I think we think that they do. And a lot of times, like, you know, it's your quote unquote, traditional weight room sports, you know, football kids, some, you know, some of your football kids don't want to lift. You know, they just want to run routes and catch passes. You have to figure out a way to motivate them. Some of the female athletes love to be in the weight room. You know, they they want to be in there. And so you have to learn your kids and learn the kids that you're working with and be disciplined to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and everybody's doing things right. Sarah, let's talk lacrosse for a little bit here. Um, huge event, you know, huge night, um, you know, at Ashley Field. Um, great venue. Um lacrosse is definitely a little bit more in the spotlight now people are starting to know it and people are really getting excited about it why do you think that it's one of the top I think it's one of our top growing sports in our state from a popularity standpoint and I'm a you know I'm a I'm a dad of three boys why why would you talk to me about my boys taking a look at playing lacrosse
2: yeah I think I touched on it a little bit earlier but I think it's just such a fast-paced game Um, and there's, it's a team sport, but it's growing so fast, even at the higher levels, like we're still seeing, um, on the female side, like these rules that come down from the college level, that's still changing our game and making it faster. And so it's this game that you can very easily pick up and you can learn the skills, um, on the girl's side, it's not expensive, um, to be able to get started with that. You have very minimal equipment on the guy's side. It's a little bit more so, but um when it comes to really learning the game, I feel like there's there's always something more that you can learn and do. And so you have this team environment, which I think is so important beyond sports to take with you, but you also have that individual element, like you can get out on a bounce back or you can get out on a goal and you can continue to work and you can continue to build your skills. And so you have this high level of athleticism, especially the, the level and the play that we really look to play at Arrowhead. Um, and so that translates so well to other sports and other things, but it just is so fun. It's just so fun to be able to constantly be able to learn new things and new tricks and, and see the game evolve.
1: Sarah, let's talk about it. State championships are special and every coach uh, dreams about it, every athlete dreams about it. But now you got your banquet coming up. before we got on, on the air, you said you had a banquet coming up and I know as a uh, being an assistant coach, that's always like, hey that's the conclusion of the season. it's a lot on your plate. you you want to say the right things. Why, why was this group a state championship group in your opinion? What made this group so special? to be able to bring home that gold ball.
2: I think with this group, they really took like the we and put it over the me. And when, I mean, if you watch the live stream of our game and you hear the announcers and you look at like the stats across the state, you have teams that have one, two, maybe three players that stand out on their team. And you didn't have that with our team. Our team was consistent. You tried to shut down one player and that player said, okay, I'll open up a lane and created that for their teammate to be able to score. And so we have seven kids putting up different amounts of goals and games. And we have kids that are a threat that won, you know, all state awards. And so they start to crash on that player. And she says, okay, I'll put up five assists in the state game. Um, and so so much of that with our team was the support that they created for each other and this realization that this, the individual stats, although we celebrate them and we, you know, we hoist those kids up and we say, congratulations for doing this. um, We really emphasize those things that stats don't always cover. So the creation of a lane for a teammate to drive to goal, like you don't get a stat for that, but that's just as good, if not better than an assist half the time. Um, Our defense being able to shut down some of the biggest scorers or to be able to just use their athleticism and speed to slow down a player in transition, you're not getting a stat for that, but that very well prevented a goal from happening. And so celebrating things like that, um, we had like a practice, we would do a practice player of the day. And we also would do like player of the game. And a lot of times we saw that correlation. So we really pushed that motivation for our kids to work hard in practice, to work together in practice. And those are the types of things that we celebrated Is the kids that didn't let up, that hustled their butts off that day and the drills that we asked them to do. And oftentimes that's directly correlating then to that kid's play in the game. So really, I think that was like, what I would say is the biggest thing is it's a full team effort from our team. And the girls realized, like I said, that the score at the end, them winning them, moving on to the next game, being able to play together another day for them to be able to go to a state championship to win a state championship. Most of our seniors on this team lost a year because of COVID Um, they Started playing together in elementary school, and so they came out and said, "We're going to do this together. We're going to win this state championship together, and that's going to be the exclamation point that goes at the end of our senior season and what we leave as our legacy at Arrowhead High School."
0: Dean, I think that's that's going to definitely have to be one of our sharpening the edge things. Is that the the correlation between how well you practice and how well you play? Because you see, and you see it with high a lot of times, unfortunately, you see with high school kids, right? It's kind of a roller coaster. You know, they're really locked in for practice for a couple of days. They play really well, and then they get a distraction, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have mental mistakes, stuff like that. Just shows how important consistency is and really, you know, athletes out there, how important preparing both in practice and your films. I know you guys do a lot of film study and a lot of other stuff, too, you know, that, that goes into it, and that that preparation, that's how you turn it loose during the game. That's how you play as fast as you can, especially in a sport like that where you got to read and react and do a lot of different things. I think that preparation is so important. That was a great point. All right, Sarah. So I got to see the video of like you getting the trophy. Um, Dean, it's on the, the Heartland Arrowhead uh, Girls Across Instagram page. And this was something that that when I saw it, Sarah, it is I knew that I really was going to, I think we were going to mesh in our communication on talking about some different things because you got the trophy and you gave it right to your kids. You know, but let's just talk for just that split second when you held that trophy in your hand, you know, what was going through your mind? You know, you were able to be out front and center and lead a a group of young ladies to the, to, you know, their goal, help them achieve their goal. What, you know, what went through your mind when, when that announcement came up, they announced your name, you went to go get it as a coach. Um, And then you were able to obviously give it to the, to the ladies right away, which I think is awesome. I love it when coaches do that. I think it shows that they understand that this is about the kids, you know, and things like that. But what went through your mind?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an emotional thing. Um I've been lucky enough to be a part of a lot of state championship teams. Arrowhead Girls Lacrosse has been a powerhouse, so um I'm they've won 11 out of 16 state championships. Um and this is my first one as a head coach where I've been able to take that program and to push them harder and to ask all of these things of them to elevate the game and to work together and to get to that point and to really show off beautiful lacrosse. And so it was, it was huge on a personal level in that sense, but it was more so just this like amount of pride for the girls knowing Every day, what they put in, like I said, we asked them to train. We asked them to do film. We asked them to show up. um, We asked them to work, you know, the mental side of things as well. The emotional side of things. Like there's so many elements that you try to pack into this single season. And you're seeing these girls every single day for months. And so knowing how hard they worked, that they earned that, that they went out on the field, they said, we're doing this. And they refused to accept it anything less it's so much pride for them and the seniors to be able to send off um with such a huge accomplishment and such a cool memory that they'll have for the rest of their life to look back on uh, but also just this huge immense amount of pride for my coaching staff knowing as coaches right how much work that you put in and I think the st- when you get to a state championship game when you get to those big games that's almost like the hardest game as a coach because you have no more control. Like you have to say, I have done everything that I can do to prepare you. I have seen the film. I have made the adjustments. I have helped you to get to where you need to be, but now it's on you. And you have to like, let the girls go and you have to trust them and you have to have confidence in them and you have to just be their biggest supporters and advocators. And, and the coaches put in so much work to get to that point. And that game is just like such a cool thing to watch it all come together and to see your team peak and to see them really leave their stamp on, on the sport.
1: Sarah, the time has come for our listeners because we call this <laughs> Get Your Edge podcast and you, you know what's coming. And a lot of our listeners, when they give us feedback, this is what they wait for right here. So give us your competitive advantage you know your get your edge advice to our listeners
2: i would say just show up um and keep showing up you're going to have good days you're going to have bad days but as long as you keep showing up you keep putting in the work you keep having fun because as soon as you stop having fun that's when things you know start to go downhill for you just keep showing up in sports in life in everything that you do show up
0: i think dean you know we- we talk about with culture within, within programs. And Sarah mentioned that, you know, Arrowheads won 11 out of 16 lacrosse state, uh, state championships. And it's, I think Sarah, the hardest thing to do is to take the culture, you know, when you take over uh, a powerhouse team like you did. And so I think that's one of the hardest things to do is to continue it. But I know that your mindset is, Hey, we're going to be even better than, than what we were the year before. And I think that's such a huge credit to to the job you and your staff have done. And also the young ladies, right? That in a coaching change to make a transition, um, obviously you're on the staff, but at the end of the day, your words are going to come out a little bit different than the last head coaches. And that's just, that's a huge credit to what you and your staff were able to do and the ladies at Arrowhead. So congratulations to you, dog. You got anything else for?
1: No, just again, congratulations on an incredible season. Good luck with your banquet. And um, that's going to be unbelievable moments that those girls and your coaching staff and your community and your school and everybody are really going to cherish and take with them the rest of their life.
2: So. Thank you.
0: Well, I think Sarah, the goal is we got to win a couple more, right?
2: Of course. Absolutely. Keep it
0: going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's going to end this episode of get your edge podcast. Again, please share this with your friends, uh, friends and family, coaches, athletes, things like that. Keep growing the show. Sarah's an awesome guest. A lot of great messages in there. We'll see you next time. Chop it.